Welcome to the Cowboy Office Show, where you'll experience expert analysis and epic discussion on key pillars of the equine industry, including sports, business, hobby, and the horse lifestyle. Your co-hosts are Jody Brainerd and Brian Dykert, industry veterans with over 120 years combined living the cowboy lifestyle. The Cowboy Office Show will help you get involved, ask more questions, and create change. We'll keep riding for you as together we learn from the ride already ridden, learn to listen better to our horse, and make our industry better for all. Each weekly episode, we'll take a ride around the industry in less time than you can load the truck and trailer. Drop your email at cowboyoffice.com to receive weekly updates and never miss an episode. Settle up as we ride into today's show. Hello, reigning world. It all happened in August. A $3.5 million purse across a nine-day brand new cowboy sporting event. They say over 1,700 horses. Could it be a new cowboy tournament? A horse event like we've never seen before. Congratulations, 100X Classic. Welcome to the Cowboy Office. I'm Brian. And I'm Jody. Welcome. You know, we thought we'd seen it all. Like horses continue to prove to us, just hang on, we haven't seen it all yet. What the 100X team just did, this event was nearly unbelievable. I got to go in person and see it for a couple days. Another milestone for the industry. and history continues to be made. This was incredible. The new 100X event in Tulsa, life after the futurity is here. It is. The new the new event tells us that the entry numbers are here. Um, 172 entries in the 100X open futurity. It took two days to run it. 138 entries in the 100X stakes, and it was for four-year-olds only. One of the first times we've seen one of that magnitude. Two days of qualifying to get to a finals, two sections of finals. 48 head in the first section and 27 head in the level four section of the finals. 92 horses in the 100X Invitational Fraternity, which is for a select group of that's basically focused around the junior sires of the industry. And 130 horses entries in the North American Reigning Stakes Derby that's open to four and seven-year-olds that closed out the event. All of that's over 500 head of horses. So the days of just about the fraternity are definitely behind us. Yes? Oh, absolutely. You know, and I, I sat down and I, I was thinking about this before we did the show. And, I, you know, several things, you know, are evident, right? Um, and the first one to me, from a trainer standpoint, old trainer standpoint, right, <laughs> is that if you give young people good cars to drive, you're going to get your ass kicked because <laughs> these guys are essentially babies and holy cow, are they good? You know, and, and the next thing is that it's truly an international sport, right? I mean, we've got competitors from around the world. Right. I mean, the United States is the far, by far the best country to to be in but you know what these guys are coming here and they are as good as it gets um and i think probably the last thing that's apparent to me is thank god i don't have to try and find a horse to compete (laughs) (laughs) you know good isn't good enough anymore right well true which which i have this thought often which is i'd like to be 25 or 30 again but then right after that thought, it's a piece of reality of the opportunities yeah. would be cool, but I don't know if, because oh. I, I think your point's highly valid. Um, 
while the horsepower is out there, the the hard work to get to the level, you know, to get to the top is not any different than what it's ever been other than there's right. more of it. So am I somewhat on target? Absolutely. Without question. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a, it was a, it was fun to watch him and, <laughs> and, and fun to be part of it just from a spectator standpoint. Right. And oh. fun to talk about this, about this yeah. show because it, it wasn't just a competition. It was a show. Yeah. I mean, as in hello, Las Vegas type thing, you know, yeah. crazy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. honey let's go to dinner and a show <laughs> right yeah. exactly that's what it was it, yeah it was it was awesome but we have to say uh oh big thanks to that 100x the owners and the show producers along with all the staff that made it happen yeah oh without a doubt uh what a pleasure it's been to work with this group their entire staff thank you so much um they truly have a vision to move the industry forward that's now obvious doing it different and better in every form um, many of our event producers make it way too hard to work with them and promote and discuss and analyze the industry. And I got to tell you that the 100X owners, producers, all the staff that we here at the Cowboy office intermingled um, with and dealt with, they were all an overwhelming pleasure to deal with. And uh, we really appreciate it. So thanks to all of them and kudos and hats off. And uh, why the industry makes it so hard, I don't know. I still get a little bit lost in that whole place. And it, it, it's like they don't want more people to play the game, and I don't understand that one. So maybe it's just the fundamental difference between a business and a club. I don't know. 100X owners and staff, thank you again. Outstanding work. We really appreciate it, and we know that the industry does as well. Go to cowboyoffice.com, put your email in, join us. As this ride is getting better every episode and every event, we welcome and enjoy all your feedback, your comments, and by all means, ask us the hard questions. We're going to jump right in and take a look at a few winning runs here because that's kind of, the, the, this is the big shot. This is looking at the overall function, and we'll, we'll get to uh, the impact in a minute, but we're going to look at some of the runs. Congratulations to all those competitors that made purse payout distributions. All of them are certainly winners. Sometimes, like I just said, Jody, sometimes I wish I could be 25 or 30 again. But anyways, because in our day, there was only four or five 2,000 added trophy reigns, And everybody went to those few. And that's all there was. So oh, could it, you it, imagine it, if, if you were at home trying to, do I go to the 100X or do I not? Right. I, I, you know, I remember those days and I also remember that, you know, sometimes that $200 entry fee was hard to come up with for those $2,000 added ratings, right? Yeah. Uh, oh man. It, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. The times have changed so much. You know, if we, you know, we, if we thought, if we won $5,000, we thought we killed a fat hog, you know, yeah. I mean, it was huge money. And yeah. of course, you know, my, my first dually also cost $12,000 too, right? So right. it's, it's you know, 120 it's now. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, times are changing. But no, it's it's crazy what, what yeah. what's available to young to young and old riders also just across well, the Well, and owners and breeders and all the rest of that. And we did that show with the North American owners. And, you know, I've always had this question and a little concern about how much the breeders can actually support. And it appears that it's working well. So I give them all credit. Um, and then the second piece is it's the breeders that are actually the backbone of what's enabling the industry to build the purses that they are. And the more those programs and these kinds of events are now 
materializing and coming to the market, it just opens so many more doors of opportunities. And I don't care if you're an owner, if you're a rider at whatever level, a breeder, um, uh, uh, just an enthusiast that enjoys what our sport has to offer. The opportunities are becoming more and more abundant. And I truly uh, am enjoying that part. Oh, I, 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 I can't say enough about <laughs> it. And I, and, and we'll get into this more later in the show, but just because you're on that, on that topic right now, because we've done this so long, but you know, the payouts at this particular show were so incredible and so deep that it gives people incentive to want to continue to do this. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, you get owners. Okay. Heck yeah. Let's go play again. And you know what? There was a time that that was, that was not happening. Well, correct. Because there was only one, it was called who won. Now you've got multiple winners. Let's pull up the winner's chart because we're going to go across this event real quick. It's not the entire payout. This is just those that won their aged events. So right at the top, because um, the 100X fraternity, the open fraternity, the event started with that. Four levels. Cade McCutcheon wins it riding all night um, partier. Uh, and, and this chart, we just put it together here at the Cowboy office because he marks it 230 223 and a half. We give you the spreads. We show it to you. Pays 24,000. Pays 15 places. Level three, Josie Ann Gutierrez from North Carolina, originally from Quebec. Phenomenal young horsewoman. Um, wins a level three. And Debbie Brown, we've known for a long time, wins the level one and two. You know, congrats to all of them. And you can look at the scores. They're, you know, 218s, 217 and a half, 223 and a half to win the level four. The 100X stakes has four levels in it. Um, and again, like we said, you had to qualify through the go-round, get to the finals. Level four, Gabriel Borges riding 007. We're going to take a look at that run. Phenomenal. 232. Pays 150000 And now comes where is 100X doing it better and different. They're paying 25 spots, which means if you made the finals in your level of eligibility you were the probability of getting a paycheck was extremely high because you had to just keep her on pattern and level three gets a three-way tie gabe riding tr designer jeans josh tishman magnum with attitude and martin muhlstetter with spooks ghost rider all marked 226s across that entire finals they split a hundred and twenty thousand dollars so forty thousand apiece and again paying 25 places so all the finalists get paid and i give a lot of kudos to the 100x production uh company because these guys it makes a difference and yes level two luca fapani we've been talking about him all year rookie pro coming up through the ranks uh diane yoder owned that horse gonna chick dream marks a 223 and a half for level two and pay attention to uh edward win wins the level one Pale face blazing, two nineteen and a half. You know that's seventy three point two on an average, and that pays twenty thousand to win it. And again, pays all twenty five winners. But if you take that twenty thousand to win the level one and compare it to NRHA Derby, level one paid ten thousand to win it. This is double and deeper. And then we show you the 
uh, the Invitational Fraternity had 90-some head in it. Andrea Fapani wins it, Inferno 35. There's been a lot of promo out there. That's paying 15 spots. And then the North American Reigning Stakes, which is uh, that was a local breeders program that's now making it to the national stage. They actually had 10 different divisions inside that derby, but we're just highlighting the four levels. Fernando wins um, with a 231.5. Level 3, Cole Price on Ice Face. Level 2, Clemerson wins it with a 224.5. And look at level 1 in the North American Reigning Stakes Derby. Level 1, Kaylee Argentero wins it with a 220.5. I mean, that's just, it's, it, anyways, I just think it's, it's, it's great. It's a great thing to watch. It's a great thing to be a part with the industry. So um, we just wanted to bring that up for everybody's attention. It, it's, yeah, it's incredible, and it's, it's so good for, so good for the sport, right? I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. So we're going to take a look. We'll start right out. Let's, let's watch Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel on 007 wins the 100X stakes, um, hands down, bar none. Now, this is one of mine because if there was a run that was going to break the score of 80 in my book, this is it. So talk to us, Jody. Whoa. Well, you know, I, I didn't get to see this horse live. I only got to I only got to watch him on the tape. I mean, I, I heard Chelsea talking about him because she was so excited when the scores came up, right? And yeah. um, in first maneuver for me, there's only one spot to put it. It's excellent without question. That's a one and a half for me. Uh-huh. I agree. I agree. It's excellent. Yep. So we get our first set of turns, and there's two spots for that: either very good or excellent. I go plus one, called it very good. Mm-hmm. You one and a half it, called it excellent. I have no issue with it at all. Yep, I would have. Yeah. Um, because I th- the precision was so... Da- and the only one difference here to the left is because you saw him migrate just a little bit to the south. So I would have one and a half the first one and won the second one. Right, and I won and halved, okay? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I called it good, and I struggled with it. But if yep. you won it, I've got no issue with it. There's only two spots it can possibly be. And yep. they are credit earning or the yep. penal. And I think that that's, that's really the answer. There's two spots. Right. So pick yep. one of those. Here we are off into the first big fast circle. And I'm telling you what, um, right? I mean, that's uh, excellent right they, there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, in a large fast circles, <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I keep saying, how can they get better? I mean, right. but that's, you know, that's as good as it gets. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the slow smalls weren't probably as dynamic, but I, you know, I don't know if this horse looks so good and so balanced. He might not be real, real good at moving slow. I don't know because he just kind of keeps him at a nice pace. But I mean, I, they're still very good circles for me. I mean, yep. I don't call them excellent because the slow small for me was yep. not as good as the large fast, but I still call them very good. Right. And that's the difference between you and me and we would have. I would have one and a half them and you would have either half or one them one got it right again you're back to the two boxes this right set of circles and you just saw him he had to steer and kind of be a little bit quick with him coming across the middle because he wasn't fully trusting that horse so we're already we're still earning credit but just not as powerful as the left was right and i i think probably 
that where he had the steer coming across the middle a little bit and I, I only have my half point increments to work with and he's pretty far off center right here. So yep. I drop him to, I still call him good. Yep. I just call him plus halves. Yep. So, and I agree with you. I would have done the same thing for the same reasons. And now he turns around and, and it, talk about and, an acceleration. Yeah. Oh. And I mean, and willingly guided wow. and this horse, when he goes to the ground and rolls back, I, I plus three, I mean, it's like, I can't, it's like double a one and a half. I don't know. I mean, there's right. only one spot. I, I I think it might be the best maneuver I've ever seen. Individual yep. maneuver I've ever seen that yep. approach, stop and right rollback. I completely agree. And if you ever want to see a phenomenal, excellent rollback, that was the best example we've seen in a long, long time. And this one's good, and it's really good, but it's not as dynamic as that right one was. So in my book, that was a one and a half on the right, no, uh, one on the left. Agreed. I exactly marked exactly the same thing. And then, and there's just so many things. But if you watch this horse's balance, this horse's frame, everything that Gabriel asked this horse to do, what I'd like to see is the right rollback in half speed, if you could. And just just for the audience sake, because if, if anybody out there is riding random horses and you want to know what a real rollback is and what an example of an excellent rollback is, here we come. Because, and again, and I, from the first stop and backup, because this horse's balance and quality of motion and control is so high and so outstanding, it's just phenomenal. Go ahead. No, no, I just say, and the willingly guided, this horse ran as hard to the last stop as he did the first stop coming yep. in the pen. He, I mean, he yep. didn't question, he, and, you know, it takes a phenomenal horse to not ask a question when they know they're going to stop that yep. fourth time, right? It's like, I know yep. it's coming. And if yep. he lengthened and he said, uh-uh, I'm going. There's obviously a big bond between Gabriel and this horse. And he showed it at the end of that run too, because um, he actually kind of like did the bow to his own, to his horse, right. which he, he and that horse were so dialed in that I, I don't, anyways, that's just me. I, and <laughs> in, in my little book, the chant, I would have loved to have, been marking that horse because then that would have given me the shot to truly use the top end of the scale in in my book i had that horse a little bit over an 80 because yeah. the quality was so high on all the dimensions that we've seen and talked yeah, about tell, yeah you talk about forming a bond if i had him he'd be in my bed or i'd be sleeping in his stall too <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like holy mackerel, mackerel i just yeah. want to go get on him and stop him like once just to you know know what it feels like yeah uh, um, let's stuff. bring up his scorecards. And so what we've done with a couple of these runs, here's his scorecards. These are the official cards reformatted through the cowboy office. It's not about what individual, it just shows you the five scorecards. So, um, it's, it's actually quite interesting. And the point to this, and there's his scores, he goes from a 77 to a 78. So it's only a one-point spread. They're all looking at the same thing. This is all about how good. Your right set of circles that we talked about, Jody, you and I were plus half and plus one. They're, they have one zero and four plus halves. So the plus halves dominated that right circles, which is exactly what you were talking about. 
The yellow bar in the left rollback is the interesting one. Um, The other piece to this chart is the green boxes show where plus one and a halfs were pulled off the officiating system per maneuver, which means the first stop and first maneuver stopping back got two plus one and a halfs. The right spins got one plus one and a half. Then the left rollback gets one plus one and a half, three ones and one half. And again, why was that? You can see that the right rollback got all five ones. I would have told you that those are one and a halfs. And then again, your stop and hesitate gets one, one and a half, and four ones. I would again told you, and you and I would uh, talk about that, right? Yeah, there's no, there's no question about that. And it's like, you know, if you if you read the description of maneuver evaluation, it, I mean, it says excellent, right? That's, it doesn't say perfect. It says excellent. And it excellent defines that last maneuver. The first one, uh, right roll back to me, it's, I mean, just to me, it's without question, right? I mean, that excellent, there's no other place to put it. Yep. And, and I would have included the right spin, and that's exactly so, and which is the finer distinctions. I would tell you that these fundamental scores, being within a point, they all were looking at the same thing. And this is where we, you and I in the Cowboy office, continue to try and help the industry to understand because when they see the final scores, they all get a little bit goofy. Here's the answer. Um, and so it, it's it's just as clear as it can right. be. So this was one of the runs that our industry, we've been yearning for this, and I, I can't believe that we saw it. Um, and then number two is this is where we're going, and I think we're going to see more of these kinds of runs, and our officiating system's got to be ready to make the fine distinctions because that's that's where we're going. Absolutely. So we're going to take a look at, um, now we're going to watch Fernando. Fernando Salgado, he owns and, and, uh, owns and shows this horse, I believe. Extra Wimpet Good. Now this is a different pattern. This is the one that wins the North American reigning stakes. So you had pattern 12 that we just watched with Gabriel, and this is pattern 9. Right. And like, you know, and we don't compare horses to horses, but this horse is not quite as free in front when he goes run and stop. I still think it's a very good, I plus one it, but it's not a one and a half excellent for me. Mm-hmm. This thing can turn. Again, right? Yeah, absolutely. And again, I called it very good. Plus one. Mm-hmm. And again, 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 plus one. Yeah. 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 The precision is very high. The control is high. The finesse is there. The degree of difficulty is there. It's yeah. They're they're very good. Now we're going to go. Oh, and this is small, slow, too big, fast, because this is better than nine. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what else, right? 
the genetics in these horses are coming so far because these things can lope slow and then gallop. Um, I think the frame and the acceleration of the rundowns and how they are, it's, that's where we are. This is, this is very good. Yes, I agree. And the max is the maximum degree of difficulty on that maneuver was right there across three strides. And right. And so, it really, yeah. really was. I, I took a look at that and I was being awful picky center chair. I mean, he hung a little bit to the inside position loss, but the tr downs, downward transition was so dynamic. I called him very good again. I mean, plus one. Yep. Yes. But that's the detail. And I think that that's valid. Yep. Um, so that people know that we're all paying attention to that. Right. And we're, and we're doing something with it. Right. We're going to give credit where it's due, you know? So yep. it's like. Yep. And. What'd you think about second set, Ryan? Um, I didn't think that they were quite, they were good. Personally, I would have plus good. one them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I did too. I also called them that. Plus one, I, I agree. Good stopper and good rollback. Right. Good. Yes. I called it half. He's not quite as good in front, um, but, I mean, still a dynamic stopper. I mean, don't get me wrong yep. here. I mean, it's... He's earning credit. It's, it's about yep, the degree absolutely. of how much. Yeah. Approach is good. And... That was about it was it was fine, but that was just a, a casual. That was the casual rollback. Yes, casual. <laughs> good description. I called it good plus yeah. half. Yeah, I did too. For that reason. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then again, what I want you to do is pull up the scorecards to this one. Um. Because this one, now it was the next day. It was with the same batch of judges. So the same batch of judges did the finals for the stakes and the North American Derby. Now the North American Derby had 130 head of horses. And if I remember right, Fernando was like, right, yeah, draw 51. He was almost right slap in the middle um, of that draw. So was it about the draw? The answer would be no. Um, the thing that's very interesting is you're talking about a two and a half point spread on this run. He goes from a 75 and a half to a 78, but he pulls two 78s. And so then the other three are right in that middle range for the reasons that you and I just elaborated. But when you compare it, because when we talk about it as an industry, this was a 231 and a half run that's a half a point different than what we just saw with Gabriel. Not the same pattern. It's hard to compare it, you know, apple to apple. But when you're measuring the industry and what our officiating says against the competition, I do think that there's a lot of valid points in here. So this shows it to you. Point is, this run only pulls two individual one-and-a-half maneuver scores. It was in the left circles and the right circles, which understood very understandable kind of an obvious that would be a great debate in the right set of circles for the reason that you and I 
marked it slightly less than the left. The left were excellent. The right were not as excellent, but you can see that he goes from correct to excellent on one maneuver. And then the same thing is true on the stop and hesitate the last maneuver. He goes from correct to very good, um, which is the point spread at the maneuver level, which is that's why when the spectators see the difference in the scores, that's the why, which is about degree of quality. And the bottom line to the official score is a 231.5, which averages to a 77.2. And that would compare to a 232, which averages to a 77.3. Half point difference in our standard scale, a tenth of a point difference in a decimal scale. It's where our industry is. Good for all of them. Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. And I, you know, I mean, I, I like I said, you can't, you can't hardly you can't hardly back to back those because the pattern was different, but you know, you had some, you had some common maneuvers too. I mean, you had a run in stop and back up and you had some, you know, I mean, you had some, you had three stops on the sides and right rollbacks. And I, I personally had, you know, I mean, I had Gabriel just an individual maneuver evaluations. I felt like there was a point and a half to two points difference between those two runs on evaluation quality. But I mean, I, 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 I had marked, uh, I had marked Fernando 77. I mean, I was, but I was, point and a half higher on the other horse. So it's, yep. well, I mean, you know, it's phenomenal. Yep. It, yes. Yes. I, I think it illustrates a few things. One is where our sport is going. That's going to become the top end, and that's what it's going to take to win and play at the top. That's not new news. The last couple of years has been proving that across our aged events. I think that's really good. Now comes the rest of the story because all the decisions that the consumers have to make on all the things that they do in our industry to try and get to the top, that's one big point. And the other big point is our officiating system. And I know I hound on this all the time, um, but if our sport is going to move where it's trying to move to, which puts economics way high on the list because we're now talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. We're now talking about millions of dollars. They're now touting next million dollar earning levels. In our time, we saw one person in our time reach a million dollar earnings. His name was Bill Horn. They're now, I don't know how many there are, but it's becoming somewhat common. Sure. I'm not trying to take away from it because great yeah. for them, great achievements. My point is the real economics to it, and it's it, as in all sports, it's the clarity between officiating and competition. And it's an area, um, this isn't about people, this is about systems and applications of systems and then why... <clears throat> Do people do the things that they do when they're in those systems? And so my big question becomes, because if you take Fernando's ride, obviously tells us that there are some gray areas that you can go either way in those two boxes. Gabriel's ride says it's pretty clear the bulk of those are on the very good to excellent. That's the difference, which is where the sport's going. On the ability for the officiating to make those distinctions, it's easy for you and I to do it here, and we just pull those two runs up. 
it's a different story when you got 75 horses in two sets of finals crossing an entire day. And if you talk about the North American, they had no idea how many entries that was going to end up being. And it turns out to be 130 head of horses. They had to start that thing early just so that they could get it done and completed in one day because they had no other choice. Um, So that's a significant demand on the officiating system to perform at the same level that the competitors are going to come at it. So my big question in there is, is it time for us as an industry to start looking at how do we create an independent officiating system that has a number of things in it that I would tell you the sport is asking for, but they don't know how to ask. Do you have a take on that? I, you know, first of all, I would, I would start by saying something that I've, you know, said many, many times when I chaired the judges committee for five years, I would always tell, you know, the, my committee members. And if I monitored a major event, I said, our job is to make sure that the right checks go to the right people. You know, I mean, to simplify it, right? I mean, the right checks need to go to the right people. And I, I, I think, and this is not, this is not against the judges. I think because they, they're working, you know, like I also say many, many times, people don't err on purpose, right? I mean, they, at that time, you're doing what you think is correct. But from the training standpoint, from the tools that you have to work with, those mistakes are becoming more commonplace with the level of horses that we are seeing now. So I, I think that probably the, you know, the, the top runs, I think they nailed them. I think there are some, some pretty defendable examples of horses that went earlier in go-rounds, and then when the final started at night, maybe didn't get the check that they were supposed to get because they weren't marked back-to-back with some of those horses later on in the evenings. I mean, that's just, I mean, I, I saw it, and like I said, numbers, if you, if you pulled the runs and compared them, I, like I said, it's it's very defensible. I mean, but mm-hmm. so yeah, there is definitely way way time for improvements. And from the independent judges management system, like professional sports, without question, it's time for it. And you and I have discussed this at length over years and years. And I mean, we've got a way to do it. And it's I mean, it, it absolutely it's time for it. Well, it can be, the question isn't, can it be done? Because yes, it can be done. It's really as an industry, is it time for it to be done? And does the rest of the industry demand or expect the same? Um, That's the bigger question because there's the, you know this, I know this, many know this, the, in, in our time, you used to be frowned upon if you were a professional official. If all you did was make your living by officiating, that was that was a frowned upon position to be in. The officials were a side shoot of other professionals from the industry. Is that not a somewhat fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. It meant that you couldn't make a living training a horse, so that you right. had to go be a judge, right? And right. It, I, I, you know, absolutely the farthest possible thing from the truth. I mean, right. it, you know, it's like we've we've had some. You know, we have. Obviously, it helps if you had the opportunity to ride one of these things, right? I believe that fully. Mm-hmm. But, yep. you know, in, in, in professional sports, there are a lot of times the best officials in the National Football League never played professional football, right? I mean, right. they didn't. Right. So, 
and, and they're excellent at what they do. Correct. And that's where I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And that's where I think our sport now is. And so, and, and so the, the need to now look at it and manage it and address it differently. Do I think the bulk of our sport and industry has now been, it's coming well from the horse exhibitor, competitor, owner, economics, good purses, good prizes, good judges. We've figured that stuff out. Now comes, you got events. I think we got a few things. One is, is there room for weekend horse shows? Of course. And do they need to continue to serve? Are there, is there room for tournaments and or sporting events? And can the sport of reigning be spectator friendly? Yes, it's been proven. Does the officiating need to now elevate to those same levels? And that answer is yes as well. And that goes to this one because the advancement of our sport is going to demand, I question this, one of my concerns is how many times can you ask the bulk of the industry to keep paying the bill and they feel like they're getting shorted by the officiating. And so can you educate them? Yes, because feelings is an emotional status, but the reality of the objective analysis is where that piece is and an independent judges system that now puts a wall like what you talk about with the with football because the players the owners the coaches the league and the officials are all components that go into that sport but they're all separate spokes that make up that same wheel and we're just at the beginning of that that's that's my sense and i i i couldn't i couldn't agree more and i think that and i you know you and i gave years to the national reigning horse association <laughs> i mean i mean we did and yes and we did. i wouldn't and i would not change one thing about it i would do it over again i mean absolutely that's not a I mean, it was, you know, it's like all, all that gray hair, I think. Right. Exactly. You were, you were, you were the one that's crazy enough to be the president, right? It's like, but you know, it, and NRHA, you know, it's always, and I, I love the association. It's enabled me to be where I'm at right now because without it, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be here. Right. So anyway, it's awesome. But it just like, you know, you've experienced it firsthand and I, I have too, and this is not beating up this association, but it always because I love it, but it it's there's always conflict in it in because you have a board of directors that makes all the decisions that isn't paid for. And these guys come in and they do the best job that they possibly think that they can do. But there is so much it's it's a self-serving industry. It's a self-serving business because it's by by nature to to want what's best for you. But sometimes it's not what's best for the overall sport itself right i mean what wanting what's best for you you need to want what's best for overall and it you just i mean i can remember years when i i would i'd say you know what here's a really good idea let's try to implement this and i would have professionals tell me no it's a bad idea and we're not going to do it and it would get voted down and then you know two years later we finally get it passed and it was the greatest thing that ever happened but it took two or three years to get that point across because you have so many different levels of opinion and and the officiating is no different than that i mean you got guys that everybody thinks that they're really good at what they do and they are but you you have to take an overall look at at what's now needed and not be 
defensive about or threatened by an opinion that someone else may have. And that's what, that's what always gets in the way and has always and will continue to do so. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, no. Sorry, and, sorry about that. It's like, no, I got, I, I, I got a fun, but you know. Well, I asked. Right. I, I asked. So that, no, thank you. And I, I appreciate that. And I'm sure our, our audience does as well. The, the conflicts, the vested interest, our organization, how it's set up and structured. Um, one of my big, our, our desire for this sport to become a real sport and then have all the feeding lines. Um, th- should everybody be exposed to riding reining horses and try it? Yes, they should. Um, why wouldn't we? And then how many of them can come up and make a living out of it and all the rest of that stuff? Without a doubt, I'm with you all the way through all of that stuff. I question ourselves now, and I too, like you, I've I've made a complete life out of this particular sport, um, and yes, I gave a lot to the to the association that governs us and all the rest of that stuff. But and it it doesn't mean that I don't respect it for all of those things. But at the same token, it's like being barn blind. You know that was one of the hardest lessons. I was ne- one of my biggest weaknesses was was the selection process, the prospect process, because I would always see too much good and I couldn't be truly objective. It's being barn blind. It's that same scenario. Well, our association's guilty of some of that as well. So we get the luxury of kind of talking about that a little bit. I'm going to move us up just a touch because I want to go up and let's talk about the bigger impact because this 100X event is truly one of a kind. I hope it's here to stay. I don't know where their ultimate goal is. They just put out a press release that they're going to have a $2, a $2 million, $2.5 million purse, multiple different divisions in May in Fort Worth. So obviously 100X and the company and the production of events is going somewhere. Obvious. God bless them. I wish them all the best. I love what they've started with. Um, but let's talk about just to touch what's your sense on the what's the obvious big impact of what this 100x events just made on the industry is there something obvious to you like it is to me well i i, I think so but, but first like i said i'm gonna i have to give them a little bit more credit because having experienced it firsthand i i would just like to say that you know First of all, the amount of outside of the box thinking, which I like to consider myself a way outside the box <laughs> thinker, right? Um, that went into this show was incredible. First of all, just the thought process that say, "Hey, you know what? Let's try this. Let's do this. This is what we're going to do." I think that's that's was crazy good. And and secondly, Chelsea, you know she, she you know she can I'll promise you verify this, but the amount of work that went into this event to make it run as smoothly as it did for the first, for its premiere, I, I can't believe it. I mean, it's, it, it's incredible. But what it's also told me is that, is that, you know, and, and this is, I'm just bringing, I'm using NRHA as the example because NRHA was, is the Futurity, the Derby, still huge major events. People, the Futurity is like, everybody goes and shows and it's, it was, but, this one, this one showed us probably that that now it's just parts, right? NRHA is just a part of this. I mean, it's no longer 
I don't want to say the big dog, but I'm just saying that there are, there are some, you know, Brumley management, we've got this hundred X we have, it's, it's, it's changing. Yeah. Yes. It's changing. And I would say it's changing for the better and it's changing for the better by outside forces that want the good for the whole that's, and I'm not being judgmental. Those are fundamental, but Teton Ridge and what they're doing with the American performance horsemen, because they have published and put out press releases that they've signed with Arlington for another three years. So we're going to see some form because they're combining rodeo cow horse cutting and reining into a major cowboy event. Got it. Good for them. Keep going. But they've, published the fact that they've signed for three years so we're going to see some form of that the run for the million is now four years old they sold out that arena multiple nights in less than 30 minutes well that's never happened in our sport that happened this year which is taylor sheridan and and amanda brumley and brumley management that whole production entity that's phenomenal which which just emphasizes the fact you and i put a lot of work into this 10 years ago because the question was, is the sport of reigning spectator friendly? The answer is yes, all day long. We always believed that, but what did, what did Run for the Million do has now proved it. 100X is going to a whole nother level. That's why I bring up the tournament concept. And I agree with you because now you're talking about the sport. And is it dependent on just any one of those spokes? And my answer would be no, because you got multiple spokes that right. have the desire to make it better, that if they all keep doing what they're doing, the entire sport's going to keep moving up and onward. So there's nothing yeah. but good there. No, there's not. It's it's like the, you remember the old Field of Dreams movie, yes. right? If you build it, they build will it. come. <laughs> and guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to regress for just touch because I used that one when I built the first uh, horse show complex in North Carolina because it, it was supposed to fail. And and I just knew this industry maybe too well, but that was a no-brainer. And I used that as a main tactic because my reflexes told me one thing while all the other forces said something different. And it right. proved to be true because that facility went on to become a major facility in the mid-Atlantic area. So I, I won't take us backwards but you just no. stimulate yeah, because yeah, it was great yeah you build it they will come and then you got to just run it you got to have the quality game for them to play and is our game also do you want to play is it fair can you get rewarded and then can a spectator enjoy it as well and those answers are all yes Absolutely. so i saw um this is the thing that 100x showed to me which i thought was phenomenal because we saw it all at the same time i was overly excited with this event coming to play for a lot of reasons but the big one was because the three-year-olds the next batch of fraternity horses in august that's going to be your real first test of seeing what the next crop kind of looks like and so you know in our day it used to be the summer slide in in denver so um Fraternity horses. Here's what was obvious to me. Our industry has now got several factors in it. You've got the weekend horse show versus age events versus major sporting events versus 100X and what they're doing. Great. But the obvious one I saw is the difference between what our level of horses are doing. Fraternity horses was everything our world was about in our time, Jody. 
And now it's only one of the steps. The pressure for the last five years to create a four-year-old only event, 100X proved it. Was it needed? Yes. Is it supported? Yes. Is it phenomenal? Yes. And are the four-year-olds different than threes? And are they different than six, seven, and eights? Yes. Yes. And, and so that was the one because the 100X stakes is a four-year-old only. And you're talking about 100 and, what do we have? 100 and, uh, 138, 140 head of four-year-olds only. I just thought it was phenomenal. And then the North American is a derby that's open to four to seven-year-olds. And we saw another 130 head of horses. That, to me, was the biggest obvious that came out of this thing. And I just think it's phenomenal because our industry has actually grown to the spot that you and I and many others, Bill, Horn, Bob Loomis, Dick Papers, all of them, because we used to talk about it and dream about it. But all we had was fraternity, one event. Right. I, you know, it's, it's crazy, but we've, you know, we've talked about that four-year-old to four-year-old event many, many times. And, you know, it's, people would try it a little bit, couldn't make it work, but you know, here's what would always happen. You know, they'd add a four-year-old division maybe to the Derby and, you know, people would, you know, they're going to go enter everything. This, the great thing about this is, and and May, you know, you're really talking about, you know, five months after the futurity or a few months after the futurity. It's not like four-year-olds are still essentially Futurity horses, right? I mean, there are a few months after that, but what this does is it gives people the option of saying no to the Derby with a four-year-old, right? Because we've got enough five, six, and seven-year-old horses now. I mean, we were short for a while, but our numbers say that Derby can be just as big and and even better than it has been without four-year-olds. And if you still want to take one there, you can. But it it gives people the option now of saying, you know what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to save this. We're going to go to this four-year-old event, and we'll go to the Derby as a five-year-old. And I think that's way good thinking from a horse standpoint. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. That was the other piece that came out of the obvious steps that the 100X uh, displayed for our industry. And my hope is, I was a late bloomer myself, so maybe I still haven't bloomed, I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, the, the, well, the point is, we didn't have the time in our time. You now have the time. Riders and horses can be developed over time. You can move at the individual schedule, and there is a lot to be had, which is the opportunities. And to me, that's the bigger um, stuff that I saw glaring come out of this event. It's just phenomenal. And again, I can't say thanks to 100X crew, owners, staff, everybody that was involved. Great idea, great production, and God bless them. Keep going. Yep, absolutely. Um. Let's talk for just a touch about there was another interesting piece that came out of this, and you're a big proponent about a handicapping system of some sort, and it really leads to the rule in our sport that allows riders to ride up to three horses in a given event. And so with the leveling, and we've talked a lot about the various leveling components, um, but really, you've been a proponent about some sort of handicapping because the dominance on horse flesh to competition has been the factor. And your point's always been that if you limited those riders to run for the millions, a great example, because it's a rider qualified, they get to pick whatever horse they want. 
not a problem. And they have right. a lot of latitude, you know, which is the old substitution stuff. But right. there's breeders programs right. that we just watched seems to be a little bit of a form of a self handicapping system. Yes. You know, and, 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 and yeah, and it just, it just proves the point. <laughs> I mean, it's like my, you know, the, the handicap system that I, I talked about and I'm in handicap, whatever you, I always maintain that you cannot, you can't handicap on ability, right? A person's ability. You can't, you can't stop me from showing because you think I'm too good. Right. I mean, right. it's like, you know, I mean, it's like we have to figure out a different way, but the reason that you have dominant top 20 riders is because they have access to the best race cars. Right. And I've you know said this before, so they they're riding the best horses and, and, you know, there was no more spot that was evident than at this horse show, this last one, this hundred X that, you know, if the guy's got the horse to ride, they'll come and kick your butt. It don't matter who they are. It doesn't matter if you've heard of them before. It doesn't matter if they're a million dollar rider or not, they'll beat you. So, but what I've always maintained is that, you know, the, the truly, the true way to handicap is not that million dollar, like, and the run for a million, they're not unhappy about having to ride one horse. They're still, they're running as hard as they possibly can on one. But if, if, if you have a $10 million rider, you say you're riding one horse, which is essentially what happened here. They don't have that barn full of 60 head to pick from, right? I mean, they have to say, Whoa, wait, times have changed a little bit. So, and you know, if you won uh, $5 million, maybe you can have two. And if you anything below that, you get three. And then you'd see a trickle down effect. You'd have younger riders getting better horses because guys would say, well, look, I can't show this one, but my owner needs to have it compete here, ride it for me. You know, I mean, I think the trickle down effect would be that way. And I think that, I think that this just, it was so much fun to watch it because you've got guys that are, I mean, these guys good hands. We've certainly heard, heard of them, but you know, you've got some guys here that were taking big checks and you're like, who's that? Right. right. Exactly. Where, where'd that one come from? No. And, and I hear you. And I think that that's very healthy. That's healthy for a sport because that means you can achieve a success, but it's, you got to go earn it. There's no gimmies. That's mm-hmm. this. That's a little bit of our cloudy spot in the industry because from the outside looking in, it looks like there's a lot of influence and um, it's too hard to break in. That's not true because if yes, it's hard work. Yes, there's no shortcuts, and yes, you got. It's called wet saddle pads, and it's called not being barn blind. And yes, it takes work and extra resources you know sometimes your friends gotta whack you upside the stall a little bit because what you think about a given horse or whatever is not truly true that's being a little bit of that barn blind that i talk about and so those are all true factors but the point to the sport is if and gabriel just showed it to us edward showed it to us josie ann just showed it to us debbie brown just showed it to us I mean, I can keep going down that list, and I think I 100X opened the door for a lot of those that are working hard, and they did it, and they got it done, and they got the reward. So, yes, absolutely, and it's, I mean, it's just it's it's uh, it's refreshing, right? I mean, it's 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 <laughs> it fun is. to see it. It is. It's you know, and, and it'll get it'll get people's their tongues will be wagging, right? I mean, it's, it's like, you'll be talking about it. But like I said, they'll be, they'll be going to show them next year too, right? They'll yes, be there. they will. And, and, and now it'll make breeders pay attention to some of these programs because 
what this event just did across multiple breeders programs. Now, in three months, when you're thinking about breeding one of your mares, my guess is one of these programs is going to be higher on your list. Because Why wouldn't it be? If you're right. going to spend the money, breed to a good stud, one, there's a long list of them, two, you got genetics to work your way through, three, there's enough information on crosses that are working and not, and then four is eligibility to purses for, you know, for years, three or four years. So why right. wouldn't you? I would think you would. Yeah, absolutely. I got a gelding sitting at my house. If that was a mare, I'd be thinking about something different, but I can't. So. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to, well, I don't know if it's going to tip it upside down, but I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to create new ways of thinking for sure. And that's what it's supposed to do. That's great. I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the next 10 years, God willing. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Well, me too. So, right. and we'll keep talking about it. Um, sure. The doors of opportunities. Let's take a look quick. Um, I want to show Edward uh, wins run level one, open one, level one, hundred X stakes, pale face blazing. Um, he wins this with a two nineteen and a half. Here he comes. Which a two nineteen and a half is seventy three and a half on on seventy three point two on average, to be specific. Yeah, yeah. And if 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 I'd have had him ten years ago, I'd have thought I had a chance to win the Futurity, right? Yeah, and boy. he wins the level one here, right? Um, exactly. I you know maybe you know attitude a little Good. bit coming in. Yep. I I just called that correct. I called yep. it correct. I zeroed it. If you want a plus half, it that's fine. I got yep. no issue. But um, just what he's supposed to do yep half and half yeah. plus a and half of the half point penalty on the second yes, turn exactly yep. yep and i thought the first one was very good yep i did and and half the half half the second one yep or half half first you got to remember this is pattern 12 so right two big fast small slow right and I agree with you, you know, yes, this horse is dialed in. He's, his attitude is yep. dialed in. You're not, yep. but he, yeah, he's, his ears are flat back yeah. against his head. And he's, and he's good, he's, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's just like, we've been watching excellent and very good. And you know, I mean, and he's, he's good, yep. which I said, it's like the yep. beginning of this thing. And, and I call this set good. I mean, a little trickle down early in the downward transition, and but still good credit earned. Yep, solid but not plus half to me, very circles. good. Yep, correct, exactly. Yeah. See, when this horse gets asked, you know, for the demand is when those ears come back, and it's not a bad thing. It's just that's a difference no. of right of of finesse yeah, yeah. and some of the quality Tiny. on the upper end. Just a teeny bit of willingness, right? Maybe. I mean, uh -huh. he's physically doing everything, but he's asking a question maybe a little bit. Why do I have to do this? And not, not, it's, this is not bad. This nope. is still credit earning, still good. Yep. He's but good. We're looking for tiny, tiny differences to separate horses. That's what we have to work with. Not easy to do. Spot on dead center. Again, another good set of circles for me. Mm -hmm. Solid all day, both of them. 
Solid yep. plus halves all day. Correct. And middle, yes. Pattern placements right on target. Yep. Gonna turn the corner, go stop. Good. Correct? Good. That's what I would have done. Correct. Plus yep. half. And where, good. Plus if, if you were going to fault this horse, it's really, it's, it's, we're not trying to be judgmental. It's the detail of quality. It's that his front end is more stiff. It's not as free yep. and broke through. It's not that it's bad, right. but that's yeah, the it's, difference. It's still, it's still good. It's just good. not very good or it's not excellent. It's, Correct. it's still credit earning for me. Yep. And he tries, but he just doesn't get the left one done, but yep. still good. Yeah. Yep. Plus F. Yep, I would have too. And and his balance in his hold through isn't quite all in there. And you're you're right. Your two choices on that one is either zero correct or plus half. Yeah, and I called it correct. I, I th felt like maybe that front end a little bit was maybe the worst on that stop, so I, I dropped him to correct. So I still marked him a 73 and a half, I mean, by yes. the time I was done with it. so Which is it where was. it was. Pull the scorecard up on that just so that, as again, because this is just illustrating, one, congratulations to these winners. But right. two, this is telling you from our own system, um, this is Edward's card across five judges there was one penalty applied which was on that left spin i would have called it now we were looking at it from the left which is fine that's another conversation but only one so the rest of them don't so if you take that penalty off um and say that that was an outlier so be it but you can waltz right through it and that's exactly what you and i talked about there one judge was a little bit stronger on the right spin but this is all now he has none so he doesn't do any cross zeros. He doesn't do any one-point maneuver spreads. And that's why that run is a half-point difference across five cards because it's a 73 to 73-and-a-half run all day long. If you put 100 judges out there, that's what you're going to get, right? Right, absolutely. And, and the rest of that is – go ahead. No, no, easy to define. And I think that's what – I think that's where – yeah. That's where our officiating system has now gotten in trouble because it's, and we've talked about it a hundred times on these tours, but it's like, this is easy. It yeah. used to be, this run right here used to be a 70 run, used to be a 210 run. I'm not saying score-wise, but you understand what is now average is 219. It's like, right. it, instead of a 210, I mean, on, on the professional level, I mean, it's yep. far above that old 210. But what I'm trying to say here is this is not that, upper end anymore now we're going to the 230s and 227s and 229s and so the i think the confusing spot to the officials now are trying to separate horses at a high end when they're not used to seeing that many come at them you know what i mean they're like holy cow now what do we do here and it's like well what what is it so yeah this has been an easy run to mark but it's those high ones that they they're starting to uh struggle with yes and i agree with you the example to this, this is level one. Edward 
wins it. Congratulations. Yes. $20,000 check. Congratulations. Keep riding. Keep going. Congratulations to your owner as well. That's part of that reward. Um, and, and I just think that it's phenomenal. And I agree with you wholeheartedly that that is the big obvious step that the entire industry, it, it's now there. It's, it's taken a whole, there's a whole plateau up that we're at. So good. There's just some more yep. work to do. It's fantastic. It's, you know, and it's, it's just, I can't, I'm looking at this over and over and over again. And if I marked a, you know, I, I, I probably marked a, I can't even remember what I marked on custom Harley at the NRBC, a 221 or a two or whatever. And he got out of there with a lot of money back in the day. And that's a horse like this now, right? I mean, and, and he's like, okay, you win the level one, right? Not, not being the top five of the level four, four. right? Or right. whatever the case may be. It's, it's just changed so much. Yeah, but that what year was that? Oof. I mean, it had been 15 years ago. Probably right. So just so early two thousands. Some yeah, right for sure. Somewhere in the early two thousands. But the point was, right. we only had two divisions, which was in the age events. Right. There was an open and a yep. limited open, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So, but anyway, Those it's are, just it's yeah, it's it's crazy that you know I mean that that's how far the the horsepower has advanced, and it's just uh, it's it's fun to watch it happen. Well, it took a 220 and a half to make it to the 100X Stakes Finals, um, which that is probably two points higher than where it's been historically. And I would tell you it's going to be interesting to watch the fraternity this year because what will the three-year-olds kind of say? But you're 100% correct. That, that you know, the 74 horse um, – is is just that's pretty average it, this is a 75 and above kind of horse and it's just phenomenal to watch it is and and it's and we have you know like i said there are so many that are answering the call now and so many of these horses with the pedigrees and the the genetics of sports medicine everything has just gone through the roof crazy and i i talk about three-year-olds what did andrea mark winning the three-year-old event here 230 and i believe he was I think he showed one-handed. I don't remember. I don't yes. know if he did or not. But I, um, I... Go ahead. Uh, no, no. Yeah, no, Andrea, well, Andrea wins the Invitational Fraternity. had 92 head in it with Inferno 35. He marks 225. 225, um, yeah. Two, okay, so he marked a 225. And like I said, I, he probably, I don't know if he showed one-handed or two. It doesn't make any difference. But you mark 75s on your three-year-old in August. I'd say you know, first of September that you're going to, it's going to be a reasonably deep horse show when we get to Oklahoma city in November. Oh, without a doubt. Well, yeah. and well, compare the invitational fraternity because that was to us. So that was a breeder's program. They had to be offspring of those junior sires. Cade right. McCutcheon wins the open fraternity. There was 170 some horses in there all night partier. Um, he marks a two twenty three and a half. and right. um, so you're still talking about 74 and a half to 75 on a three-year-old in August. That's where the industry is. Not too long ago, that was unheard of. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, there <laughs> might have been two head do that at, in the fraternity finals, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, crazy stuff, fun.
We're going to talk real quick for just a second, and then we'll close this one out, and we'll we'll tell the audience about what we got yet to come because there's a lot. This event was phenomenal. But let's talk for a minute about the non-pro and the youth because I hear this chatter a lot in the industry, true amongst the reigning members and community, because where do the non-pros and the youth fit in the industry relative to the movement that the industry is now going with the big added purses in the age defense and yes non-pros can compete for money that's going to bring up another topic not on this show but right yes we could do that stuff but the point is do you see or what's your take jody on how does this sport while it advances on the professional side which it is that's everything we've talked about it's obvious but then the non-pros in the youth sectors, because that's the rest of our industry, and they want to play, and they want to do, and they want to get service. Um, so I think it's a big question. And 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 do you, do you have any takes on any of that? Well, I mean, and we could do a whole show on nothing but that, those few statements that you just made. And I, you know, like I said, I'd hear... You know, common complaint after a common complaint would be from the non-pro riders at the Futurity that said, you know, their Futurity entry fee was just as high as the open riders. But the payout was minuscule in comparison to what the open horses were getting. So, you know, basically it was kind of, you know, I talked about this at length in the past that, you know, uh, give me credit, let my money go where I want it to go instead of you taking it, right? If, I, if I'm smart enough to know what my ability level is and where my horses are, don't let me put my money where I want to. So, you know, it's, it's been a huge issue for a long, long time. And, you know, there's some remedies to that too. But um, the non-pro riders obviously are, are, you know, of a certain age, the vast majority of them are, uh, because that's, you know, obviously it takes a great deal of money to play this game. So, you know, you're not going to start as a young non-pro rider if you don't have some financial backing behind you, right? I mean, because it's, it's, not, it's not a cheap thing. But I, the youth is the thing that, that I would want to pay the most attention to. And I don't, I don't have a clear answer for it. I'm, I'm working with some, some of the youth, and I call them youth, but they're college-age girls now at Oklahoma State University. And, you know, getting the background on these girls and, you know, the, the, the horse programs and the teams is a great thing for those girls to be able to get an education and get started in it. But, you know, without, without new people, you, you don't grow. And the youth is the background of, of all of it. The youth programs, it doesn't matter if it's youth football, youth golf, youth whatever, they want youth because that's where the next level comes from. And right now, you know, we've got some nice youth classes, but we're still, we're still handicapping the way that we bring them into, into our sport. And I, I think that, that that needs to be addressed with as soon as possible, right? I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd put the... I'd put the emergency beeper on that one and say, I'd get my groups of thinkers together and say, how do we attract more kids into this? How are we going to do it? Because, you know, you've talked about this at length, um, and we've had some discussion with AQHA about that, and they need to be targeted because they're it down the road. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I have some of my own ideas on that, especially on the youth, because do I think you could get very creative the answer is yes. Do I think that the non-pros can also be serviced? Yes. And my biggest uh, 
point on that is they got to do it different. I think one of the things that we've got to pay attention to as an industry is trying to put them all in the same event or the same environment or same space at the same pay. You know, the cost of stalls and cost of entries and cost of all the things, office fees, judges fees, all the things that we do as an exhibitor, do they all have to be the same across the spokes in our industry? And the answer is no. But if we keep putting them in the same event, then you're going to keep putting that pressure on. So I agree with you on the youth. The non-pro, I have my own senses on all of that. Um, I won't stir that pot right at the moment. We'll right. do a, We'll do another <laughs> show on it, and then For everybody sure. can call me all the names they want to. Um, right. But the youth, I, I agree with you, and, and is near and dear. Uh, that's where you and I both came from. It was because of the youth programs and the stuff and the quarter horses were a big thing. You know, the, the Congress huge. youth was huge yep. when I was a kid. So are yep. some of those things needing to be modernized and then dealt with differently? Um, and I would say yes. So, Without it, question. It, no, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I mean, oh. you know, and as, like I said, as working with this great set of young ladies at Oklahoma State University, and there's those good programs at universities across the country. I'm, you know, I, I'm, as much as I'm shell-shocked at how good these horses are, I'm also shell-shocked at what an education costs today, right? So, you know, there's, that's got, that flavor has to be brought into it too, right? I mean, some way, shape, or form, we need to figure out a way to help educate our kids, and can we do it through this association? Can we do it through the sport? Yeah, maybe, yes. maybe there's some ways to do that. Right? The, the answer is yes. Do the youth youth and or young adults have to compete for money? The answer should be no. And the issue is how do you give them some different form of reward on youth and college? I would be looking at scholarships, full paid. And what would I do? Put stipulations on it that it's in the ag or the equine world. And if that's of area of interest to them as a career well, then guess what? You earned your way there. So I fully agree with that one. You could do that with young adults, with developing young adults um, all day long, which is different than a deposit. So we'll leave that right. one for another time. Perfect. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, but I mean, it's, good. it's a great thought. You know, it is. Yeah. No question. So um, if the two of us were just multi-billionaires, then we could just do whatever we thought we should be doing, yeah. right? Not have right. to worry about it, but we're exactly. not. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, we've got two more shows coming. Um, we're going to do analytics on competition, one for the 100X stakes, through the go-round, through the finals. All of the details and data, we are working hard to be able to bring graphics that are much more um, straightforward, simpler, representative, than what we've been doing in the past. It's just a, a matter of, you know, you, you got to ride more. Um, but we've got a we've got a big show coming on the hundred X stakes program, and then we have another analytical show coming on the North American reigning stakes program. So stay tuned, stay in touch. Um, if you're not on our mailing list, you should go to cowboyoffice.com, put your email in because you will get direct first and. We're also seeing a lot of direct um, communication. They have questions. And so in that forum, we answer them one-on-one -on -one direct uh, accordingly. So anyway, stay tuned for all of that. And again, 
thank you to the entire 100X company and the 100X production team. Um, thank you. Can't say it enough. Absolutely. Well, stay tuned. You know, drop us a note with your questions. We love to have those, as Brian has talked about, at cowboyoffice.com. And, you know, until the next time, stay in the middle. Enjoy the ride. Today's episode is brought to you by 4D Productions in cooperation with the Consultant Agency, a full-service agency that helps bring forward-thinking equine brands into the 21st century using digital skills and services such as website development, graphic design, social media, and media production such as the podcast you're consuming here today. Thank you so much for riding along with us today. Sign up at cowboyoffice.com to be the first to know about topics affecting the industry we love so much. You can reach out to us with topics you care about by finding us on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and all podcast platforms. And remember, share this episode with someone that may enjoy it, because the more we can share our horses with others, the better our world will be.